morning. So we are back uh, with our producer, Carlos Merced. Uh, I'm uh, Timothy Crumley. I'm here with Emma Cranston, and we have a special guest with us this morning, uh, Gabe Franchi. Uh, he uh, works with the Out Alliance in Rochester, New York, and he's also done some consulting work and some trainings uh, with our practice, uh, specifically focusing on LGBTQ issues and also focusing on the trans community. Um, and I think that's going to be our focus today, mostly, is talking about not just these communities, but um, so, but also specifically these communities navigating the pandemic and um, specific issues that uh, we're facing currently. So um, we will dive in. But before we get started, here is a little bit of information about our practice. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's, it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate with our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the Capital Region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense. And in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. And we're back. All right, so let's get started. Um, so yeah, so this is an issue that I know I work with not just a number of clients, but I have a number of peers um, who are facing very specific issues, um, especially navigating the pandemic, but having to do with, again, being within the LGBTQ community. Um, again, I think there, this is, and, and I don't want to focus on this as a general topic. I know we did that in our very first podcast. Um, I know this is a collective trauma for everybody in various ways. Uh, I don't think any two experiences are exactly the same, but um, yeah, these communities, I think, specifically face uh, particular challenges, which we're going to try and touch on today. I just want to highlight, though, that um, we actually already have a pretty long list that I don't think we're going to get to everything. I, I know we're not going to get to everything. Um, and you were saying that last night, Carlos. You were like, yeah, yeah. there's no way we're going to touch on every point. But even with what we do touch on and what we have down, it's probably just scratching the surface. And there are still issues that we are probably not going to even get to. Or um, So we'll see how long this goes. We'll see how many episodes we have focusing on this. But um, it is definitely, it's really pertinent to, again, these people that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Um, yeah. I've been trying to keep the episodes to like 30 minutes at 45 minutes, but this is probably going to be like, to one hour episodes or something. So. We'll, we'll see. Be Hold, on. Hold on. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Um, but yeah, so I guess just getting started, I, I, I like putting Emma on the spot every time we start these. Like I'll, 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 I'll give like a little intro and then I'm like, hey Emma, what do you think? Um, and actually I was going to say either Emma or Gabe um, can, can start or jump in. Um, yeah. Well, I was like, I guess me. <laughs> Thinking because I can't look and see who's about to open their mouth. Um, that's not well, that, that, that's, that's right. Just so our viewers or not viewers, oh my god, listeners <laughs> are aware. Um, uh, we can so, uh, Carlos, myself, and Emma can see each other. Um, Gabe is just through audio. Um, mm -hmm. so it's going to be a surprise before Gabe responds to something. <laughs> um, I, I, I won't see his facial expression first. Um, yeah, Tim's real sad about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to put me on the spot, what would you, what am I on the spot for? 
Well, I guess. All right, let me ask this. Yeah, I guess like is this. I guess. Well, let me ask this because you have you have a bit of a smaller caseload than I do. Um, have you? I guess is this something that you have run into working with any of your clients currently, in terms of like any particular issues facing this community? So yeah, I absolutely have worked both with people within this community and um, additionally family members of people within this community. Um, I am not going to claim to be an expert. I think I do a good job, to be clear, uh, but I'm not an expert. I don't have, like, if I were to look to you, Tim, you have such extensive experience working with the LGBTQ community, um, and realistically, I just don't. I feel competent in it because I've done a good amount of training, but uh, as of right now, my caseload is fairly limited kind of within that group. Uh, but even previously, like at my previous job, I was working with people in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Well, I guess, how is it? How is it for you as a therapist? And again, within the context of even what we're navigating right now, I guess, is there anything that comes up for you in that? Or maybe not. Like, that's, I mean, that's okay, too. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and I'm kind of generalizing based off of a smaller case, so I want to acknowledge that right off the bat, because I don't mm-hmm. think, like, everybody who falls into the LGBTQ community is going to be exactly the same, obviously, individual that play. Um, but... I really enjoy it because there's, it seems like with these clients, there's just such a, a broad understanding of societal issues because most people within that group are navigating a lot of societal issues. Um, but I, I really enjoy it because it's, it's kind of cool to be able to incorporate some of that into session and be able to label like, oh yes, that's some, you know, that's a, a masculine message that I've received all of my life, and it's actually bullshit, but I had to figure that out. And it's just kind of cool. So it, it's just like a higher-level reasoning at times, um, which I think is just fascinating and exciting in general. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would definitely agree with that, and I've, I've come across, um, and again, both people I work with and people I know personally, like that seems to be, it's almost like there are these strengths that, um, that have, you know, we've had to develop, right? That there are, like you said, there are already societal, you know, many dynamics and traumas and challenges. Um, Gabe, what are your, what are your thoughts as we're, as we're talking about this? Um, yeah, so, well, um, I would say just kind of listening to it, you know, it's making me think a little bit about like some of the people that I work with, um, volunteering at the Alliance and, um, you know, especially right now, what's been going on is a lot of people are experiencing like a lot of depression and things like that being stuck in their houses right now that are that already have depression normally but are experiencing it worse now absolutely um um i also uh wanted to kind of quickly bring up like a story that i had heard very recently there was um a person that contacted me a few days ago asking me, like, hey, do you know of any, you know, homeless shelters or anything like that that are safe for LGBT people? Because they ran across somebody that was homeless, that was trans, uh, pretty much just asking for help on the street here. And, you know, it brought up some, some thoughts about how there's a lot of trans people and LGBT people stuck in their houses right now, stuck with unsupportive families and 
um, and possibly also abusive uh, relationships and things like that as well. Um, and so, you know, I kind of wanted to bring that up and kind of talk about that a little bit if possible. I also wanted to just mention, especially for the, for the Rochester area, I actually did find out uh, some places that are available right now for uh, LGBT people that are, you know, in emergencies, homeless, need a place to stay. Nice. Um, nice. The, the Center of Youth, um, if you call there, uh, they can help figure out uh, a shelter for you. Um, also, if you're like an abusive relationship, whether you're LGBT plus or not, um, you know, Willow is another option or um, Open Arms. Uh, they, they are part of a church, but they are very accepting of LGBT people as well. Both. They can definitely help you with shelter. Both Willow and Open Arms are part of a church or just Open Arms? Uh, I believe just Open Arms, but I, I actually... That's a good question. I believe it's just open arms. Okay, just checking. Yep. Yeah, no, those are great resources. Thanks for those. Um, I'll probably yeah, of um, get some of that uh, down and share it on our social media, too. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. that would be great that'd if there was, awesome. like, a link or something. That would be perfect. Yeah, yeah I'll do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within, just to go off of that, within the capital region, again, it's it's pretty limited. Um, I have directed people uh, to the Pride Center, um, which is sort of, like, our version of the Out Alliance in some ways. Um, but in terms of shelters and other resources, they have a great... Uh, list on their page. Um, so if you go into the website, it's pretty easy to find. I think it's just under resources. Uh, they list a bunch of different resources within the capital region, and I think even nationally. Um, but yeah, kind of going off of that, Gabe, another, um, and I'll, I'm going to plug it real quick, um, another thing that is coming up, and again, I think in general, but especially within these communities, is I think we're going to see a lot of uptick in uh, domestic violence. In fact, I think we already have seen that uptick. Um, right. And um, so there, is, there are resources for that. There are, again, locally um, through the Pride Center website, there's that resource page. Um, there is a national hotline. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. And again, you can add it to your list, Carlos. Um, the hotline is, I had it here. Now it's not in front of me. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Is that it? No, that's not it. I'm pretty sure that's mm. it. Hit, just hit that. We'll, we'll fix this right there, Timothy. Oh, there we go. Thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I knew it was like right here in front of me. All right. Um, yeah, so they have people 24-7, and the number is 1-800-799-SAFE, and it's 7233, so it's 1-800-799-7233. Um, and then I'm also just going to plug this, too, just so that it's out there. Um, again, this is on our website already, and we'll put it in the same post. Um, just in general, if you feel like you're in crisis as you're navigating this, um, and, and very, really whatever capacity they have. Um, I've had several clients use this hotline. They have really great uh, crisis managers. It's a national suicide prevention hotline, uh, and their number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Um, but yeah, and if, it's, if it makes sense, and Gabe, it sounds like you would like to shift into this um, talking about people, um, both in terms of navigating homelessness, but also people who are actually stuck in their homes and stuck with their family uh, during this time, which again, specifically for the LGBTQ community, I think you're, you're spot on that that is a particular issue. Um, and I, again, I, I know of people who are currently facing that right now. Um, and that comes with its, its own traumas and yeah. 
And I, and I think it's kind of a, a forgotten topic. It's not something that's really talked that much or thought about, um, especially if you're not in, in the LGBT community. Or, you know, even if you, ha- you have a friend that's LGBT+, plus, you might not know what, what they're going through in this moment, you know, uh, stuck at their house right now. So um, I think it's a, a good thing to kind of bring up and talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and just, I guess, kind of what comes to mind for me, I mean, again, I think that, that it just goes back to what you said earlier, Gabe, that every situation is different. I, th- I think you said it, Emma, too. Every situation is different, um, yeah. and it's true. And I think that in this case, you know, for someone who, you know, whether or not they're out, I can just imagine there being layers of trauma, again, in both cases. Um, and, yeah, just dependent on the family system dynamics, dependent on how, how much access does that person have, you know, in terms of leaving, right? Are they able to leave and come back? Are they trapped in their bedroom? Um, you know, I know Gabe and I were t- talking a little bit last night, kind of prepping for this and talking about, like, you know, how do you cope and what hobbies do you find uh, if you are just trapped in your bedroom and you have literally just one space, um, right. which is, again, which is the case for a lot of people. Um, they're not able to leave. Um, and if you, are able, if you are able to leave, what does that look like? What can you do with that? Um, are there ways of, and again, depending on the family, right, are there ways of tackling some of these, some of these issues within a family system, whether it's through therapy or in this case, online therapy, or is the family a complete lost cause? Not to, you know, uh, you know, I, I, obviously as a therapist, I am, you know, hopeful that families are able to, you know, work through some of these things, but, uh, we have to recognize that some are just not, (laughs) they're just not going to be safe and not going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some some families are just not ready to deal with it, that's and right. sometimes that takes years, and sometimes that's forever. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on that family and you know their belief systems, and um, you know, just it depends on a lot of things, probably. But yeah. mostly, I would say probably a main one is belief systems mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Um, yeah. So I mean, all right. So let's. Let's go into just talking about, like, things in the house. What are things that, like, people could potentially do, you know? Um, when I think about it, like, writing. You can you can write. If you have, like, a journal, you have uh, some pieces of paper, or just writing on your phone. Writing is a, a great outlet for me. Um, you know, if you play an instrument, you know, mm. if you have a friend that you can call or... A family member that you can call and talk to that's uh you know a little more supportive or understanding you know do that um yeah yeah absolutely i i i know for myself and and carlos i think you can speak to this too uh, again depending on access to resources if, if someone has this as an option uh, is is to game is 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 being able to game on their pc or whatever console they use um right. i mean this is the thing with with this pandemic too it's like and again, especially in this context, but also in general, probably, I think there's a lot of pressure for people to, um, and Emma, we've talked about this, uh, for people to, to, you know, well, this is a time to gain a new skill, and this is a time to, you know, and and, and granted, if, 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 again, if it's possible for someone to, to do whatever they, you know, want with this time, that's, that's great, but... There, this is ongoing trauma, and especially in the context that we're talking about, you know, someone is facing their family trauma and the traumas within their household, you know, really in a way that's way more intensified, um, and that probably is putting them at risk. So it's like, 
I think if you're just able to escape, and even if that's what you're doing on a daily basis, and it, whether, again, whether it's through gaming, or like you were saying, Gabe, you're, you're writing, you're reading, you're, you know, whatever, that that's, that's okay. Like, this is just about getting through it right now. Right. There, like, there should be no expectations, which there are, of course, we were facing them, but there shouldn't be really any expectations around what you're doing with that time. If it's helping you survive, it's helping you survive right now. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go take a bath and use one of your lush bath bombs, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Essentially any form of escapism. Like, just anything to get you out of your current situation. And I know that there are so many awesome opportunities right now, like uh, Broadway shows that are being put on YouTube for a while, um, free national park tours or whatever they're called, free... um, Museum tours, like all kinds of things concert. in other places. Concert. Yeah, concert. Yeah. How could I forget that? Tons. Um, all kinds of things where you can get some of that escape. As I'm watching movies, I like I've started to notice that I'm rewatching movies from like Disney and stuff. So the things from my childhood, pre-pandemic and everything. So like just the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not watching all of the dark movies because life is good enough without that. Um, <laughs> so kind of like allowing that escape where we can. Uh, because to a certain extent, something that comes to mind for me, if if someone's stuck at home with an unsupportive family, um, with the social distancing, there's also that, I'm going to say the loss of their, potentially their chosen family or their entire mm-hmm. support system. Yeah. Um, and I know that there is still like the ability for Zoom and, and uh, house party, like all the other hangout kind of video chat things, but I imagine that it's harder to even be, like, genuine. You know, am I safe in my home? Can my Mm. unsupportive family members hear me through my door if I'm on with my support system talking about how I'm struggling with this? Uh, Because if they can hear me, maybe I'm not going to be comfortable to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, like, a huge risk of isolation, which I think leads in exactly to what you were saying, Mm -hmm. of just, like, the higher risks right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've, I've you know, worked with people who it's been difficult to even engage in therapy um, for that exact reason, right? It's like, you know, and if anything, this is the time, I mean, this is a opportune time to be engaging in not just therapy, but in online therapy, to be engaged mm-hmm. in a phone, a video yeah. session. Um, and, and then it's hard, too, because, you know, insurance won't cover text-based services, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you and your therapist can text, but, you know, generally that's not a service that, you know, people have access to. So um, it, that's exactly... Right. So at the time that you need that support the most, not only can you not have it in person, which is, again, traumatic enough, but then there are the limits of doing it within your home. Um, yeah. Well, if you can go outside, you know, then that that can, like, maybe change it a little bit, at least with, like, a phone call or something like that. Um, but uh, but obviously that depends on where, where you are. Like, if you're in New York City, it's probably pretty hard to just leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, versus here out in Rochester, you know, it's a lot easier. There are parks still open, you know. You can get out. Yeah. Um, I know I've had... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to comment that I I know I've had clients who will, like, go sit in their car or, you know, a a family member's car, which, again, hits to the privilege of, like, do you own a car or not kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. But it's at least a space kind of removed from family, and it's... You know, sometimes it can feel very funny. I've definitely had clients like, oh, someone's walking by and they think I'm crazy. And it's like, well, yeah, I get, th- I mean, I've been sitting here in the car for an hour and it's like, I just, 
I understand it's weird, but it also gives that separation from Mm -hmm. just people you're around. Like, even taking out everything for, like, any client, being stuck in the house with the same people and wanting a little bit of privacy. The car Mm -hmm. can give you that. (laughs) I mean, personally, myself, I wouldn't find that crazy just because, especially right now when everybody's locked in, like, heading out and just sitting in your car is understandable, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. you know. And all that driving, like, if you if you have a car, like, driving around and taking an hour or so drive, mm-hmm. that, you know, that could be relaxing. That could be helpful for a person that just needs to kind of get out. Absolutely. As long as they're not multitasking and also having their therapy session. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at Emma being all. Emma, you're you're uh, all uh, all about safety. I am. I I'm just I've had clients in the car before. And I was like, are we driving right now? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so Carlos keeps pointing at things to me. I think regarding time. Uh yeah. I think we can take a quick break here okay. and then uh, spotlight one of our counselors. Come back and continue on this topic. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So today we're going to spotlight one of our therapists, uh, Jennifer uh, Cardamo- Cardamone. I'm saying that correctly. Cardamone, right? yeah. Yep. Uh, she is a uh, licensed master social worker, and uh, she specializes in uh, family systems as well as systematic barriers, societal uh, issues facing clients, um, as well as she also works with substance use and takes a, uh, a uh, harm reduction approach with her clients. Um, she's very, very personable and is very much... Again, I say this about a lot of our therapists, but it's true. She's also a believer in that the, thera- the, not the therapist, the client is the best expert in their own life and in their own issues. And she really works with her clients to establish joint go- to establish joint goals. I cannot talk this morning. It's okay. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no uh, Establish jo- joint goals and um, and uh, really put put them in sort of the the uh, the uh, the uh, driver's seat with the, in terms of their therapy and their work. Um, again, re- really great to work with. Highly recommend her. Um, and she's currently taking clients. Um, she's currently taking self-pay as well as out-of-network clients. All right, we are back. All right, so we are going to... The way I'm saying we are back today is a little, like... I feel like my voice, like... You always do that. It's, I always do that? Yeah, like, you you, you always, like... The, the act part kind of gets, like, really low and, like, drags out. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, we are... You're using back. your cartoon voice. Yeah. I'm using my cartoon... I have a cartoon voice. <laughs> you're using He's your... a lot about himself. You're using your t- your talk host voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, just just for the record, too, um, G- Gabe and I have been friends since uh, 2002. Um, so... Yeah. If I had a cartoon yeah, voice, friend, so. yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Aww. Um. So if I, if someone knew I had a cartoon voice, it would probably be Gabe. Um, <laughs> he would he he would be able to speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Uh. So all right. Moving on from that. Um. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna talk more about I think trauma, but like I think various aspects of this. And again, I just, just want to be very clear: we're not gonna touch on everything, and that that is. Uh-uh okay in terms of, you know, we only have so much time, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to acknowledge that because people who are listening, uh, I, like I said, I think every situation is different, and um, my hope is that this can be applicable to at least, you know, for most people who are listening uh, to this right now, so. Um, but yeah, so talking about trauma, you know, I think about, again, uh, domestic violence, um, I know I, I keep going back to that, um, but that's something that keeps coming up for me. I know that there's uh, other layers of trauma in terms of, you know, Gabe, you know, we, we talked 
last night a little bit about people coming out during this time and kind of the, the role that that may play, how that might happen. Um, and again, you know, certain situations that would be incredibly unsafe to do. And there's others where this could be a sort of opportune time to do that. Um, um, and then, yeah, and then I think there's other, other layers, but, um, in terms of just domestic violence, I just want to speak on this for a moment. I think, again, with the pandemic and even prior, I think there's a lot of pressure towards people in general facing this, but it's even within the LGBTQ community for people to either escape it or somehow confront it. I think there's a lot of pressure and stigma around that, that this is, you know, you should not. And it's like, if it was difficult to leave before, I think that is only times 10 now. And yeah. if it's safer for someone to remain in a relationship, I actually was working with someone um, and, and, and was actually facing this situation specifically where they this person felt as though they were essentially leading the, their partner on, right? They're like, well, I'm not being, you know, I'm not giving them informed consent. I'm not being totally open with them with this. Um, you know, because basically they're like, I, I got to get out of here when this is over, but I, I can't right now. I can't leave right now. And it's like when you're in that sort of, and again, this is very, very easy for me to say as someone who um, is, is not in that position. But my sense is that if you're in a survival position like that, it's like you're going to do what you need to do to survive, whatever that means. Um, and if you are able to get out and, and this is the time to do it, that's great. Um, if there's other reasons why you can't, whether it's the pandemic or there's other barriers to that, there's other barriers to it. And this is not just as simple as being able to just walk away. So, um, I just want to just acknowledge that. Um, again, I don't know if any other people have other thoughts on it. Um, we can jump to another subtopic, but I just want to acknowledge that for people who are listening, who may be in, in that, in that predicament. Um, I'm actually going to pause it for a second. So basically, I feel like we're just listing issues off at this point and kind of just like, it's fine that we, we're acknowledging everyone's um, misgivings and stuff like that, but I feel like we need to go a little bit more into how people can find help or get help mm. rather than, like, it's, it's cool that we're acknowledging everything, but let's kind of like... You know. What are what are things people can do? Right. Aside from just sitting with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I know uh, we were just talking about domestic violence. So to kind of like tie into that, um, I know Gabe mentioned um, Willow House or what was it? I think it's just Willow or Willow Center. Hang on, I'll look it up quick. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a domestic violence. What? Yeah, it just says Willow Center, or you can type in Willow uh, Domestic Violence Center. Okay, so it's a domestic violence center. All right. Yep. Me... So they, they offer uh, shelter services? Yeah, and okay. they're also LGBT plus friendly. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Cool. And let me check open arm and see if that, I think that might have also been kind of for abuse. And their base, Willow is based in Rochester. It yes. looks like. Are there any, do you guys know of any centers out near you like that? So. I know there's a oh. woman's shelter in Schenectady, right? Is there? I, I'm pretty sure um, there's a, a woman's shelter in Schenectady for domestic violence. I can look it up as well. There's also uh, In Our Own Voices. Uh, they have a hotline. Again, this was, I found this through the Pride Center. Um, I mean, I know of that organization separately, but um, their resources listed on the Pride Center as well. Um, so that's another another resource people can can call 
uh, or also look up online. Um, you, you uh, can, you, Equinox. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Equinox in, in the Capital District oh, in yes. Albany also has a domestic violence shelter. Yes, that's right. Um, what was the one you had? Called? An open arms is a shelter. So it's open arms shelter. That's what it's called. Gotcha. Yeah. I think Carlos had one more. He's just confirming. Yeah. I'm also... Um, I don't know, this episode's kind of stressing me out. <laughs> so I think something that I'm struggling with all of this is it's kind of difficult for me to give a concrete, like, here's a thing you can do, because I feel like all of these issues are just so vast and varied. I, I kind of feel like it would be a disservice for me to say, like, okay, and, like, here's the shelter you can go to. Um, for some people, that's totally appropriate. For some people, that's totally not appropriate. Yeah. Um, and because I hear you, Carlos, in that, like, it, we're not, it doesn't feel like we're giving any concrete mm -hmm. solutions. Uh, but I also feel like, at least for, for me, I can't. So I guess if the most concrete solution I could give would be, like, get some kind of support. Is right. it friends, family, you know, people around you, or, you know, a therapist. And I think that does go back to some of the issues we were talking about earlier, like, am I in a safe space to be able to have therapy? Can I go to a car? Do I have the ability to leave the home for a more private therapy session? So I do want to acknowledge all of that. But because every single person's situation is going to be so incredibly unique, um, have somebody to help you make your plan. Because I guess the best I can give is, like, having a plan. Um, and having a safe person to kind of explore your options and potential outcomes with. Because, like, I can offer, here's the domestic violence shelter. Does Equinox's domestic violence shelter accept animals for your pet? Because you don't want to leave your pet there. Like, mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. And if I have a client who has a pet and that's, like, I know I wouldn't leave my cat in that situation. Um, so yeah. I would, like, it's really important to bring our, our pets as well if, if, if that's a part of our plan. Again planning uh, so I feel like it's because it's so complex I can't give as concrete suggestions as I would necessarily like to mm, yeah. does that make sense I'm, it does I, I mean I, I agree you know um you know I don't think yeah anything's concrete or whatever but um you know if if there is a way for that person to reach out to someone, whether that a friend, a family member, or yeah, just reaching out to one of these shelters that are available, you know, great. But it, I mean, if you can't and you have to stay in that situation because you're in lockdown and you're stuck with this person and you really don't feel safe to get out of it right now, you know, do what you need to to survive. I think that's really all week, the best advice we can for an abusive uh, relationship or situation like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, Will and Open Arms are two shelters out in Rochester, New York, uh, that you can reach out to if you really need to find a shelter because you're in an abusive situation. Um, but, you know, there are many ways to deal with these kind of things, and uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm able to give any more advice on that really. Yeah. Mm. Well, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so we keep on giving um, the advice to kind of do what you need to do to survive. 
So let's kind of, I think we can touch on that a little bit more because I think people will struggle with that because mm-hmm. in a situation where like, let's say I'm, you know, a 16 year old gay boy and my dad is abusive towards me because he sees that I'm, you know, feminine or he sees that I might be gay and I can't come out to him because, you know, it'll make the situation worse because mm-hmm. we're stuck in the same house now. Right. Um, right. So, and like, I want to come out to him, but I can't right now because it's it's just not, it's, it's more dangerous for me. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess we can like, kind of like touch on how people can navigate it when they want to do something, mm. but they can't. That's a really good way. I think that's a really good way of putting it. And I, could, I think, yeah. cause, and I can speak to, I mean, I got a number of people I'm working with right now that, I feel like you just summed up exactly what part of the problem is. It's yeah. like, you know, like they understand that part of this is sort of sitting with this as a therapist. I'm just trying to sit with them in this and not trying not, I don't want to just try to problem solve for them or with them, but we still want to solve the problem. Like right. they, they, we still want to try to figure out or at least figure out ways to make it better. Um, so I think that's a really good way of putting that. So clearly this is a difficult topic to, I guess, advise people through. Um, I do think this is a good spot to stop for this week. Uh, We'll pick this up right here next week and finish this topic up. Um, Be sure to check out our podcast blog on our website, which is commonsensemh.com slash csmh-blog. You'll find every episode with links to the episodes as well as links to the uh, resources and information on the resources that we talk about uh, during each episode. Um, There will even be some behind-the-scenes goodies on some of the posts, so keep an eye out for those. Um, Anyway, see you guys next week. Bye.